You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses, discussing the topics that matter to you, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by AudioShed Podcast Studio. Welcome to episode 55 of Brumpod. I'm Richard Heathcote, and I'm here as ever with Jason Jones and Ewan Thomas. Hello. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about living an analogue life in a digital world and all about old school marketing and old school technologies. And do they still have a place? I, I you hope your time so. to shine. I, I, I hope so as, as the team Luddite. <laughs> today is sponsored by Steam Power. <laughs> <laughs> the new modern fangled systems. It's solar steam power, mind you. It's got to be green. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it it got us thinking the other day about what we used to do running businesses pre-internet and social media and all that kind of business. And why do seemingly not many people still embrace the old methods of marketing and getting word out there? And do they still have a place? So, with most businesses embracing more modern methods and the TikTok generation, and even I just don't understand that one. Does that mean the old school methods can or have come back into fashion? And could that be a better method to market your business now? It's probably less crowded. Well, I was interested at uh, at Brummies last week because I had about three or four conversations with people saying how wonderful it was to actually meet people face-to-face because you can get so much more out of it than doing everything over Zoom. Yeah. Well, Zoom's always been limited in so much as the tech itself. First of all, you're trapped within the block of, you know, what the camera picks up. You're limited by how good your broadband is. We've, you know, we've all seen people drop out on not just Zoom calls, but look at those big interviews they do on BBC News where it's just, you know, coming through a normal broadband and then suddenly it all just goes wrong. It's And, and to Zoom as well, the, the tech actually picks up the speaker's microphone above everyone else. So if three people try to speak at once, two of them are drowned out. You don't get that in a room. Sometimes it's not the loudest voice that wins, and you have a chair that manages things, you know, a Jackie Weaver, shall we say. Yes. And even I, as a tech lover, have come to the point in my life where from time to time I need to down tools electronically and just have a bit of a digital detox. Not real hardcore digital detox, but... Just one where I don't have to have my phone on me all the time. I don't need to look at screens and all that kind of thing and just go a little bit more old school with a a book made of paper. That's novel. Literally. Ooh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) I see what you did. (laughs) Richard. That wasn't intentional, but I'm quite glad it happened. Uh, Yeah. A book made of paper, and then afterwards maybe you have a meal of food. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then store those those memories in the thoughts of your mind. Yes. Well as opposed to a Kindle, because I love my Kindle, but occasionally yes, you do want to stop looking at all sort of screens. Yeah. And just enjoy the view if you're away on holiday or something like that. It's true, and the batteries never fail on a book. That's true. And 
to be fair, if you leave a book on a train, unless it's a really expensive, you know, first edition hardbound copy, chances you could just pick up another copy for 50p in a charity shop. Yeah, I left a book on a plane once. That was really annoying for the rest of the holiday because it was on the trip out. Imagine ah. how the people on a plane felt when they just thought somebody's left. So is that is that a book? <laughs> you probably caused a security alert. Probably. There was there was sniffer dogs checking it wasn't you know hollowed out and full of cocaine or something. You have been on holiday with me. <laughs> <laughs> See, as, as a point of example, the um, old school things that seem to have come back into fashion, you, uh, vinyl records, they've come back massively into fashion. And I don't know why. You know, in, a, in the world that we are now of streaming and Spotify and Apple Music and all the rest of it, UK vinyl sales in 2020 were the highest since the early 90s. Um, and the end of year figures released by the British phonographic industry uh, show that sales have soared despite the uh, coronavirus lockdowns with growing for the 13th year running, which surprised me. But I think sometimes it's it's just nice to, to kind of own something uh, and something physical. And it's the same, same with, with books and Kindle and so on. And I think with with books, there are... You know, there are important books and there are almost throwaway books. So, you know, the latest thriller, you might not want to have a physical copy of, but, um, you know, other, other uh, classics, you might actually want to have uh, the physical one and, uh, and be able to keep it and keep going back to it. Yeah. Well, the 20th century was just an anomaly uh, in terms of music ownership because and you know copyright because prior to recordings musicians made their money by basically performing a little bit for free so people would be interested and then pay to see them at a concert and then suddenly music became something physical that you owned whether it was an lp a cassette a cd and then it turned back into something that just appeared in the ether and, you know, a lot of bands, um, a big American band, the Dave Matthews Band, nobody's heard of them over here. They didn't really sell a lot. They made their money touring and at concerts. And it's coming back round to that now where uh, big bands will give content away for free to gain your interest and your following so that when they're touring in your town, you'll buy their merchandise. You'll go and see them at a, a concert. That's how their money's made. So you wait long enough, and it's almost like the old systems, the old processes seem to come back round again. Yep. True. And there's a, there's a lot of comfort in retro, especially during difficult times. People revert to things from their childhood when they felt safe and protected. So, yeah, people will go back to vinyl. They'll go back to comfort food. They'll basically go back to what's familiar and safe. So there's a lot of psychology behind the resurgence of retro in general. But, you know, in terms of tech, yeah, you, um, if you've, you know, if you're reading a book on a device and then suddenly it interrupts you with an ad or an offer, particularly if it's a phone or a phone call, it can be intrusive where with a book, you're just going to lose yourself in the book. You put an album on, you're just going to hear the music. Yep. Very true. 
Sometimes you just want what you want at the time you want it and not be open to all the additional functionality that comes with whatever platform you're using. Yeah. And there's another example, direct mail marketing. Uh, Some sectors have obviously suffered as a result of the pandemic, uh, but direct mail has apparently bucked the trend. We're experiencing a year-on-year increase of 11%. Uh, and research has revealed that each piece of direct mail had been interacted with more than 4.5 times, a record high during the last 12 months. Uh, and it, that trend seems to be uh, set to continue throughout this year. This is a, a year old, this uh, information, but mm-hmm. set to continue through this this year. And uh, yeah, who knew that things like direct mail would be growing? You just assumed that that would be a, another dying art. It's the old adage that when email first came out, people used to be excited about uh, getting an email and would just ignore all the, um, you know, the, the snail mail that came through the, the post. These days, you get so many emails that you're slightly overwhelmed and, you know, just basically junk a load of them. And you get excited when a letter comes through because now that's the novelty. But again, a letter can feel more personal. It's come through your letterbox. It's been delivered, uh, particularly if it is, you know, somehow personalised or tailored. I know a lot of it's generic and, you know, nobody likes to open a letter that starts with dear customer. But if it's something that's specific to you, um, a good example is a lot of venues will send through um, some vouchers when your birthday is coming up. And you think, oh, oh, they remembered my birthday. At least somebody did this year. <laughs> but well, spoken surprised. with feeling, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, so, sorry about that. Yeah, when is my birthday, by the way? I don't know. You see, you, you're like the Queen. You seem to have several official ones and non-official and ones you celebrate and ones you put parties <laughs> on, and it's impossible to keep track. I, th- oh, I think there's a, there's a fair bet you got one in 2022, Jason. <clears throat> Hopefully. I'd almost guarantee it. Yeah, well, personally, you know, you have to have several, so to uh, just basically keep one step ahead of the credit reference. <laughs> but no, the, these the, these sort of marketing ideas now work because in an age where everybody is digital, being analog can somehow make you stand out. Again, adages, I've got tons of them. If the usual remains, does it remain usual? If the unusual oh, remains, does it remain that's, usual? That's, that's, That's going to take me half an hour to work out, Jess. This is getting deep now. Oh, my God. But it's a play on words. If, you know, yeah. once, once something stops being a novelty, it just fades into the background. And with a lot of business and marketing, the most important thing is to be recognised, to be fairly unique, and then to be chosen. And somehow that's... That's how you do it. But it's not just about marketing. It's about how you conduct a business. I mean, one of the things, I was one of the last people in my Trinity Mirror days to get a mobile phone. Didn't want one, didn't need one. If I was in the office, I had a landline. People could call me. If I was going out to a customer, I didn't want to answer my phone when I was driving. It's, you know, it was legal then. It's illegal now. Um, if you needed to reach me and I was going to a client, you could phone ahead. And when I reached the client, be like, oh, are you Jason? Yes, there's a message from your head office. Call them before you go into the meeting. So if it was really, really important, I could be reached. Now, yeah. those processes are coming back round. 
people are there are some companies now that will actively discourage their teams out on the road from having their phones on when they're driving because anything that takes your mind off the road and you know uh, your eyes off the uh, off what you're doing is potentially dangerous yeah so yeah it's almost as though the old analog systems are coming back in because they actually work a damn sight better than the new ones just because you're always on and awake does not mean that you have to answer your phone the second it rings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and people are, are fighting against that, and good employees are, are fighting against that as well. But the the thing that struck me recently was not actually direct mail, but it's leaflet drops. And one of the places where that is is an improvement is that you can actually target a road. You don't have to know the identities or contact details of anybody in it. But if you're an estate agent, yeah. you can actually target the road of the county of houses that you want to sell and just, you know, get some, some cards delivered, yeah. which and a lot of them do. And it, and it must work. Well, it's still a level of personalization. It's not like you're mailing every single house in the country in the hope that a few... People go, right, so houses on this street have actually sold for a lot of money. Well, I have been thinking of moving, you know. Kids have moved out, don't need, you know, this many bedrooms. It does work. It's about yeah. catching the customer at the right time in the right frame of mind. And, yeah, direct mail can do that. Well, especially selling a house. I mean, you know, if one person sells with your estate agents from 10 roads worth of houses, then that's still a hell of a return. Yeah, based yeah. on the cost uh, of you know five hundred leaflets for twenty quid or whatever, then uh, yeah, not half bad. See, there's still a lot of these systems. There's this idea that they become obsolete, and you know, obsolete is one of those words that uh, gets overused because my joke is always that you know two thousand years on, we're still digging holes with shovels. You know, the fundamentals don't change, but radio was going to be um, made obsolete with the dawn of television because it's basically radio with pictures. It's going to be better. Who would want it? Well, you can't have a TV in the car when you're driving. It's not a good idea to have a TV in the kitchen while you're chopping vegetables with one of those super sharp um, you know, uh, chef's knives when you're going to lose a finger if you don't keep your eyes on what you're doing. So radio just found its niche. And its niche is very, very lucrative. I mean, what are the stats on returns on radio investment? Oh, yes. <laughs> Wake up, Richard. I, I wasn't that far down in my notes file. <laughs> uh, yes, according to eMarketer, after a dip throughout 2020, for obvious reasons, um, ad rates, uh, ad spend in the US uh, and traditional ad spending is heading for the fastest growth rate since it began tracking the metric globally a, a decade ago. Um, yeah. It's going to, spending will increase 12% this year, uh, pushing total broadcast ad spending to $11.21 billion. And they expect the um, the near future to be uh, going exactly the same. It's going to, going to grow another yeah. 6% in 2022, pushing it to nearly $12 billion. So yeah. now might be the time to uh, investigate radio advertising. Well, you should hope so, seeing as it's uh, part of your line of work. 
Well, yes. And there's also Communicorp UK who own uh, Midland stations like Smooth, Capital and Heart. Uh, they proclaim on their website that radio advertising produces £7.70 uh, revenue return on investment for every £1 spent. So, yeah, and it also, Sorry, it also gives you the, the opportunity to, to target reasonably as well. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people are, are using radio for, for local information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's still got its niche. It still works. We've said in several podcasts, fax machines are still used by schools and health authorities, not because they're behind the times and archaic, but because if you're sending a sensitive document, if you scan it, the computer that scanned it has a copy. If you put it on your email, the server has a copy. The recipient's server has a copy. The recipient's device has a copy. And it's digital and it's multiple copies. And yeah, it's not as secure as sending an analog fax where you put the document in the fax machine, it comes out the bottom, you've still got your document, the other person gets an analog copy the other side. That's it. So faxes are still used in a limited niche way because of their security in certain environments. And I know there's other ways to make them, you know, uh, sending documents more secure, but it works and it's old school and it's very unlikely it's going to be hacked and it still finds its niche. People go back to stuff that works. I mean, one of the other things about systems and processes, even the new tech, WhatsApp has fundamentally changed the way we use our phones. People are now using their phones less for voice calls and more for sending messages. And the beauty of that is not everybody expects an immediate response to a WhatsApp or a messenger message. It appears there, you get a note when it's been read and you respond at your leisure, where a phone is always like, me, 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 now, 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 stop what you're doing and pay attention to me. So people are actually using tech to get out of the mindset of always being on and always being available and always requiring an immediate response. Yeah. So it's almost as though digital is helping us become analog again. Yeah. But I, I, I was interested in your comment about uh, tech helping us to do things because one of the most uh, ancient ways of advertising is, is posting a bill. Mm-hmm. or putting a poster up. And of course, what you're now getting is a lot of electronic posters and screens going up, which are kind of doing the same thing, but in a, you know, a more exciting, a more interesting way and, and with the ability to, to change advertisers after after a couple of minutes as you sort of scroll through uh, what they're advertising. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a new spin on an on an old uh, on an old idea, and yeah. a lot of the times it does work. I will say, when you start off going, "Can you be analog in a digital age?" The assumption is always that you know, social media bad. You know, going back to being a caveman, good. It's not. It's it. It's about how you still retain your choice about how you interact with the world whilst you have all these new tools to help you do it. And I think in some ways it's, it's, it's been an experiment in that, you know, we've had this exciting new tech, tech 
which allows us to do all kinds of interesting things. But now we're discovering some of the downsides of it. And yeah, you know, it's 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 not totally destroying tech and never using it. It's actually just using it in a in a slightly more sensible way so that you get the the, the benefits uh, and fear of of, of the um, of the drawbacks. I agree. Have you ever heard of Caitlin Moran? Amazing oh, journalist. Yes. Yeah. One of her favorite, my favorite lines of hers was she said, social media is in its infancy. And like an infant, it has a short attention span. It gets angry. It has tantrums. It doesn't really understand the impact it's having on other people. It will be interesting to see it go into its adolescence and finally become mature. But yeah, you have to accept that we are in the early days of being in a connected world. And just because you can reach everything out there, you can do anything, you can't do everything. So you have to decide what's important to you and how you engage with it. Yeah. Talking of billboards, some of the ones uh, when driving around, when it's starting to get dark, some of them are way too bright, I think. (laughs) That's just my middle-aged moaning coming out again. <laughs> I think there's one, the one on Five Ways Island. That that one is incredibly bright when you're driving around there at night. It's, again, that's it's nothing new. Startlingly bright, dangerously bright. I think in some ways. And a distraction. I remember when uh, Eva Hudsigova was the uh, Wonder Bra model, and again, the post, the billboards were distracting and causing car crashes. There is nothing new under the sun. It's, you know, if they turn them down, then people will be straining their eyes to see why it's so dim and crashing into bollards. It's, you'll, you'll never win with those kind of things. But, yeah, I mean, obviously there's ASA limits. You can't have uh, strobing effects or flashing, and they're not meant to be. They're meant to be attention-grabbing, grabbing, but not distracting. So, yes, we, we also found some other examples um, on a website that listed out some offline marketing strategies that still work today. Uh, which might be applicable to to your business. You never know. Uh, Distribute business cards whenever possible. I know we've covered business cards and digital business cards in the past, and they all have their place in various ways. You can certainly approach various organizations, cafes, whatever, and leave them on front desks in various places with permission, of course. Donate gift certificates or products as contest prizes. Could be be useful, especially at a, a local community level. Um, speak at events, communicate with local print publications, send snail mail, make cold calls, participate in trade shows, revamp your packaging or presentation. Is it all outdated? Does it need a revamp? Check you're sending the right message out there. Celebrate successes, parties, launch events, inviting press, that kind of thing. Or, you know, sponsor a community event. It could be, again, very useful at a local level if local people are your... uh, target market. So there's still a lot that could be massively effective for many people. Not all, obviously, but... It comes down to this. Look at what you're trying to achieve. Figure out what the best way to do it would be and pick that. Just because you can do it you know, online and it might seem clever does not mean it will be as effective as doing it old school. Yeah. It might, it might not. Have a look make the choice and test it out yes yeah most definitely i think one of the things that that 
I find is is effective with me rather than for me is you know I I collect free pens from from various people. And one of the things that that does is every now and again you look at the pen you're using and you think oh yes I remember them. Or I remember where, where you know the trade show when I spoke to them and and you know I got a free pen, um, and that's it's not ever going to make me buy, but it's going to remind me. It's going to keep them in my mind from time to time. It's the yeah. small little things. You've, you've we've all been somewhere where somebody's gone. Does anyone have a pen? And it's not quite up there with is anyone a doctor? But I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but I do have a pen. This is my time to be a hero. And sometimes you think back and go, if I hadn't, he hadn't given me that pen, I'd have never been in that situation. I'd have been anonymous. I didn't solve their problem. I didn't get the business. It's amazing that a pen could be the difference between you being noticed and you just being just another person in the crowd. You're it's the sometimes hero it, to us, James. <laughs> Yeah, but it's the small differences that can sometimes make you stand out. I mean, yeah. if you're in a crowded marketplace and there's loads of different people just like you, all competing, all offering a similar product, those small differences make the difference. And it could be <clears throat> just how you communicate with them. It could be that everybody else sent their proposal by email as a PDF what you did was you mailed it to them in a box, gift wrapped with something. I remember a company actually saying they did that. They put a proposal together. They weren't as big as some of the other companies, but what they did was they got a really nice box, not quite bespoke, but one of those like off the shelf things, generic, put the proposal inside, actually put in some sushi and a, I think with like a bottle of orange juice, sent it, delivered it to the person with a little note that said, if you want to have a look at this over lunch, it's on us. Okay. How many of those, he, you know, that company actually said they got the business off it. But yeah, every other just generic PDF email that came through probably had a very similar proposal, similarly costed, all the rest of it these guys stood out because they did it analog. And they sent sushi and it had been in the sorting office for about two weeks and uh, it wasn't in yes. its best state by the time it arrived. I, 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 think, I think maybe you get it hand-delivered. <laughs> yes. I would hope so. You make, you make a point of, yeah. But it worked. And, yeah, yeah, that's probably the ultimate of how being analog in a digital age can make you stand out. Yeah, very yeah. true. So whilst we should absolutely embrace digital marketing in all its forms, whichever is appropriate for your business, utilizing them to the fullest extent we can, we mustn't forget that there are a multitude of ways you can market your business offline. There are so many routes to choose that could be highly appropriate for your business, the tried and tested methods, with the possibility of being in a less crowded pond now that uh, so many people seem to forget these methods are still out there and work well. So ultimately, treat your business marketing as a bit of a hybrid approach and, as ever, test and measure to get the best results. Well, that pretty much wraps up episode 55. So thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. 
Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by AudioShed Podcast Studio. Follow us on Twitter, at BrumPod. You can follow and subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for BrumPod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode.